there are Democrats, Libertarians, and Republicans, oh, have I said Democrats, who are uh, being surveyed and polled here in Delaware saying, no, uh, we think electric cars are cool, but we don't want to have a mandate. I cannot afford a $62,000 automobile. And the other outrage is that after 2035, if you go to Maryland or Pennsylvania and buy an $18,000 gas car, Nissan and, and Mazda all make uh, cars about you know that much money right now, you cannot get it registered here in Delaware. Why? Well, apparently you as an individual does, do not have as much power as some of these other well-founded, well-funded forces. Now, uh, Republican. Brian Pettyjohn, state senator, sponsored a bill, Senate Bill 96, that would forbid the unelected bureaucrats at DENREC from creating this mandate. Well, it was in the Senate Environment, Energy, and Transportation Committee yesterday and has not yet been released. Senator Pettyjohn's on the phone right now. Brian, thanks for being on. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm doing great, Rick. Thanks. Are you doing great? You know, I am doing great. I'm in Dover today. I'm representing my district, uh, you know, down in Sussex County. And you know, even though my bill doesn't get out of uh, doesn't get out of committee, you know, I'm 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 still speaking up for the vast majority of Delawareans that uh, their voices are really being ignored right now. Yeah, but that's the that's the problem here. In fact, here in Wilmington. You have thousands of Democrats who do vote Democrat, will continue to vote Democrat. And in this heated partisan issue, I don't even know if they recognize the fact that the people they're voting for are going to make them go broke having to buy an electric car or have them go broke because they're going to have to get this old car of theirs repaired over and over and over again until their Honda is a Honda with Nissan and Ford and Chevy parts. We're going to be like Cuba in about 15 years here. So I I think you're having a lousy day. I I really do. Because even though you're fighting for your constituents, you're also losing for those people who don't know who you are because you're not out of Wilmington. You're a Republican, so they think you're toxic because they don't realize you're fighting for them. And this bill is not yet out of committee. And, and, and I want to ex- explore that. I have it on an authority that I trust. And I want people to know it's not Senator Pettyjohn. It's, uh, it's another person. Uh, it's a good authority that Stephanie Hansen, who's chair of the Senate Environment, Energy, and Transportation Committee, will not allow this bill to go out of committee. Now, I have invited her to be on the program. And the way a committee chair does this is they say to other members, and there are six Democrats and only two Republicans in the committee, uh, says, you know, um, I would rather you didn't sign the back of that bill. Thank you very much. And the fellow Democrats or fellow Republicans, it happens to both parties, will have to weigh whether or not this is worth spending that political capital. That means if if they want something in the future... They're not going to get it if you go up against the chair. And that's a reality. Those of us who have been following this for a long time realize that's a reality of both parties. I'm going to ask you. You're not in the committee. You, uh, you likely know the two Republicans and maybe some of the Democrats in the committee fairly well as well. What is your sense 
of what I just said? Oh, uh, 100% accurate. 100% accurate. Um, in speaking with Senator Hansen, she made it clear that it wasn't going to make it out of committee. Um, and, and as a chair of a committee here in Dover, um, you know, now, of course, it's in both chambers as Democrat, but it happened when we're Republicans there as well. If there was an unfavorable bill in committee, the, the chair would make sure that that bill did not see the light of day. Now, it, it will have its committee hearing. You know, they will take the public comment. They will nod in agreement. They will wring their hands. Uh, but at the end of the day, if they don't want that out of, out of committee, it's not going out of committee. The real tragedy here is that we don't have the infrastructure for this. You even have car dealers who are waiting for months and months and months and will likely wait for many more months just to get the uh, the high-speed electrical lines into the dealerships so they can charge the cars that they would like to sell. I mean, I can't even imagine draw actually I can. I can imagine, but I can't, but I have a hard time facing the reality of driving through Trolley Square in Wilmington and looking at these apartment buildings with 10 or 20 windows in front of them, and you'll have multiple 100-foot extension cords that they're plugging into the wall to try desperately to charge their cars while the circuit breakers are going, bzz, 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 and the lights are going out and transformers are smoking because we don't have the infrastructure for this. Now, I have uh, some very smart listeners who said, well, you know what? You start a business and you charge people 50 bucks or 100 bucks. You pick up their car at work or at home and you take it and you charge it and you bring it back. Or people will just waste a half an hour to three hours of their day doing something while they're charging their car uh, at, at a Wawa or something. So when you talk to Democrats about this, Brian, do you bring up these realities? And if so, what do they say about this? Absolutely. I mean, these are some of the big points that we're using to say, look, we're not ready for this yet. Whether you live in an apartment complex, uh, townhome community, whether you're a renter uh, and your landlord doesn't necessarily want to spend the money to to wire a home with uh, the necessary outlets to do it, they've got to charge somewhere. When you bring these questions up to the majority or the the individuals that support this, whether they're in the General Assembly or, or out on the street, they're like, well, you know, that's all part of what's going to be figured out. We're, we'll figure that out. Well, look, starting in Maui year 26, which is calendar year 25, uh-huh. 35% of the vehicles that are delivered to new car dealers in Delaware have got to be electric. I mean, we're, we're coming up on it here really quick, and infrastructure like that just doesn't happen overnight. How do we get the message out to people, say, for example, in Wilmington? You know, I broadcast uh, from just outside Wilmington. And I have listeners in Dover as well, especially. I mean, they're all over the state, thank goodness. But, you know, those are the biggest uh, listening areas. How do we get the the message out to people who are making 50 grand a year that uh, if you keep voting this way, you're going to vote yourself into poverty? It's it's pounding. It's it's, you know, getting people that oppose this, whether it's us as politicians or or callers that come out, call in and, and, and make sure they know. You know, I've talked to people up here in Dover that, you know, I was filling up here at the Wawa, leaving Legislative Hall, and, you know, saw somebody there and started a conversation with them and asked them if they knew about it. They had no idea. You know, the DENREC and, and the, the majority is, is doing a really, really, really good job of keeping this as far under the radar as possible because yeah. they know, just based on the polling, yeah. that – this is not popular with anybody. We'll get to that in a little bit, too. Charlie Copeland, by the way, who's used to serve in the state legislature, was a candidate for lieutenant governor. 
and is currently uh, studying and reporting on Delaware budget taxes for the Caesar Rodney Institute, is right here in the studio. I, I think you might know the guy a little bit, Brian. Do you? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, Charlie? Yeah. Charlie's he, here he to talk about... the day, but that's a different issue. Yeah, Charlie's, <laughs> Charlie's here to talk about something else. Well, Charlie, you do have that reputation that, um, you know, if a Republican was sponsoring a bill that you felt really did not serve people in Delaware well, that you wouldn't just blindly support that. In oh, fact, absolutely right. And, you, and, and, and as you know, Brian probably tell you, when I was chair of the Republican Party, uh, you know, the, the, the party itself, you know, has a minimal in, you know, footprint in, in the state. And so somebody had to sort of be this, the voice of what, what a Republican stand for. And, and that was part of my role. And I would call out bills that I thought were bad bills. And and I'd often get not often, but I would get calls from uh, Republican legislators saying, hey, you know, I'm on that bill. And I would say, well, then I would get off of it. It's a bad bill. <laughs> uh, and I wasn't doing it you know, from a personal perspective. Yeah. It's that, but, you know, the parties do need to stand for something. And, 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 and by the way, everybody's district is different. And so there are times where a Republican or, frankly, even a, a progressive might say, you know, I'm going to. I mean, Bernie Sanders supported gun rights for years because if you live in Vermont, mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of people with guns. Uh, he had 100 uh, percent rating with the NRA for years until he decided to become national and run for president. And then he dropped all that. And I will tell uh, those of you listening, I've known Charlie for at least about a quarter of a century, I guess. And really is your, your basic uh, dull bookworm, policy wonk, (laughs) uh, who has somehow developed a rather sardonic sense of humor, and that's always fun, too. Yeah. So what would you like to ask Brian about about the electric vehicle mandate in the bills? Well, you know, I think that that he's touched on on some of it, but, uh, you know, is is there any recognition of the fact that... uh, to uh, to put all these charging stations in, irrespective of the expense of putting charging stations in, so that the city of Wilmington, you know, if you've got uh, uh, you know a thousand rental units on a block, and everybody or half that building has cars, that's five hundred cars, which means that you're going to need five hundred charging stations, two hundred fifty charging stations. So I mean, just the geographic requirement there, but but uh, the fact that that Delmarva rate, you know, the ratepayer pays for Delmarva. And they've sized the the wires that that go down the lines Mm -hmm. for existing demand. And if all of a sudden you're going to double demand, which you're going to when everyone goes home and plugs these vehicles in and turns their TVs on and lowers their temperature or raises it depending on the time of year, that you're going to need to have double the electrical infrastructure. What's that going to do to to Delmarva bills and uh, the Delaware co-ops bills? Because everyone's now going to have to pay to double the electrical infrastructure in the state of Delaware. Well, yeah, and that's that's one of the points I brought up yesterday is, is the infrastructure and the cost that it's going to take in order to beef up our grid. And, and we're not just talking about, you know, a, a plug in somebody's home. You know, we're talking about the transformers that feed, you know, whether it's in the rural areas, one residence, or in, in the more urban areas that, that feed a, an entire apartment complex. All those are going to have to be upgraded. And, and, and by the way, businesses that are opening up now are having to wait weeks and sometimes months for those transformers. I mean, there's a supply problem for those as it is. Um, you know, those things are brought up, but you know, somebody has to pay for it. Well, for and, Delmarva, and the yeah. co-op, and, and you've just, got a bigger customer base. Right, right? And, and think about uh, you know, the, when, when, when you've got a power outage today uh, and you call Delmarva and you wait and you wait, and, and by the way, they're, they're doing a hard job. I mean, I'm not, not saying that they're not, but now you got to double the number of of wires or double the size of the copper wires that are running along the lines. Where are you going to get the people to do that? 
right? I mean, yeah. we already don't have enough employees in the state of Delaware for the jobs that are available today. Where are all of a sudden these folks going to show up who are trained uh, uh, Delmarva, you know, electrical type people? They're not here, you know, and, and, and we saw, look, when we had the tornado down in Sussex County uh, a couple months ago, when, you know, when they were restoring electric service, yeah, you had uh, Delaware Electric Co-op, you had Delmarva Power out there, but there were crews from Virginia and North Carolina there as well helping out. So, you know, no, we, we, we don't have enough people to do it. We don't have the, the physical plant, the physical infrastructure to do it. And when, by the way, you know, yeah. Delmarva and the co-op, they can spread it out over a whole lot more ratepayers. But think about the municipal, like Milford, like Lewis, uh, like Newark, where you have just a, sm- a, a smaller number of customers. They're still going to have to upgrade the system there, and, and all that's going to have to be passed to a whole lot less people. So their rates are going to increase dramatically in order to be able to support this. And, and we're not ready for it. We're, we're not ready for 20, 2026. We're definitely not going to be ready for 2035. And, and I would contend that if every single neighborhood in the in the say the Delmarva ratepayer uh, area, if every single neighborhood needs electrical upgrades, effective doubling the capacity, uh, if if I've got 100 percent coverage, I've got to spread that cost over 100 percent. So it's not actually a it's not like a, it's not like your house built burned down so that 10,000 people that have fire insurance that doesn't affect them. Because if 100,000 people's houses burn down and everybody has to rebuild their house, everybody's affected. And this is right. one of those situations. It's like flood insurance. You can't, you know, yep. it, everybody's in. Okay, that's, that's the voice of Charlie Copeland. We have uh, State Senator Brian Pettijohn on the phone right now. And Brian, uh, hi, I'm Rick. Um, <laughs> people, <laughs> Mr. Jensen. Mr. People, Jensen. Mr. Yeah. Jensen to you. <laughs> no, I tried to get my kid to respect me. What are you guys doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, I want to know what's happening inside with these conversations. Everything that you and Charlie have said is accurate. This is how it affects the real life of Delawareans. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, or you're a Republican, if you're independent, you say, I hate politics. It affects everybody. But it's the Democrats who are making these rules and these laws, and they are the ones that are they're causing all of this, this pain and strife. So there's got to be some Democrats, Brian, who believe that they're doing the right thing for the right reasons, and and maybe people will not suffer as much as, well, they're obviously going to. I want to hear from you, Brian, what Democrats are saying when you get in these meetings and you have these debates. What what are their reasonings? Well, the reasonings, and look, the the big reason that I heard yesterday that they want to continue down this path, and and for me, being a logical thinker, it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to kind of explain what they are saying. So if Delaware doesn't do this, if they don't go down the path of electric vehicles, when eventually electric vehicles are the thing and they're going to be everywhere, well, the investment hadn't been made in Delaware because Delaware didn't signal. Okay, they didn't signal that they were on board with it. So we would be behind the eight ball. Uh, and instead of having 10 years to get ready for it, we might only have to have, have five years, and it's going to cost more to do it then. So we, we need to get in front of this. We need to be leading uh, and, and show that, 
you know, Delaware is, is, is signing up for this and, and Delaware and the state government and the people are behind this and we're going to get the electric vehicles. Otherwise, we're going to be left in the dust. Okay. Well, no, I, I can understand. It makes sense. So the reality is, especially people in uh, in Wilmington making 50 grand a year, 48 grand a year, are going to suffer tremendously and horribly. The Democratic Party optics is what really counts here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's optics. It's well, optics. Well, I appreciate that. All right. So Senate Bill 96 is a bill that would forbid DENREC, the uh, unelected bureaucrats, from mandating electric vehicles, as has been laid out here in Delaware. In 2035, every new car has to be electric. I have invited the chair of the committee, Stephanie Hansen, to be on the show. Brian Pettyjohn, Republican state senator, is on because this is his bill. And Charlie's uh, in the studio uh, because... Uh, I was skulking around outside. He was skulking around outside, and we're going to talk about something else, which is uh, the fact that because of inflation and the high prices of everything, the fact that you're going through property reassessments, this is a perfect time uh, for the state legislature to increase your income taxes, say some people. So that's why Charlie's here. We're going to talk about that that uh, coming up after the news. Brian, uh, last word to you, my friend. Hey, look, when you have public comments coming in, 93.5% of the public comments that were opposed to this, and they're still turning a, a deaf ear toward it, we've got a problem. And that poll includes a lot of Democrats, doesn't it? Yes, it does. This, this was the public comment. This, these were the people that actually stepped up and told Denrec what they thought. You know, almost 5,000 people commented. And and ninety three and a half percent said no, we don't want it. But they still don't want to have this bill go through. That that there's a problem there. All right, I certainly hope that the uh, Environment, Energy, and Transportation Chair Stephanie Hansen gets back to me and appears on the program as well. So, uh, Senator Peter John, thank you very much for your time, sir. Sounds good. Have a great day. All right, you too. He's not having a good day. He said he's having a great day. He's having a lousy day. Well. For yeah. his, okay, for his district and his constituents, he's having a great day. He's done what he can do, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, and, 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 and if, if, if you're outnumbered mm-hmm. 70-30, you can only do what you can do. And, uh, and so I, I, I give him the props for introducing the bill and fighting for it in committee and getting all this public comment in. Uh, but if, uh, uh, as, as the late Senator Jim Vaughn once said on the floor of the Senate when asked, where are your facts? His response was, I don't need facts. I have majority vote. Roll call. <laughs> and he won. So he didn't need facts. That's true. They need no facts if they have a majority of the vote. And they do. That's true. And yeah, these are the kind of stories you get when you're like a, a party chair. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Charlie Copeland will talk about uh, the fact that uh, it looks like your, your taxes are going to go up. Or at least some people's taxes are going to go up. Uh, we'll see. Is we'll it going to be you? Well, uh, as... Hope uh, not. Well, there you are at, as director of the Center for Analysis and uh, uh, Center for Analysis of Delaware's Economy and Government Spending at Cesar Rodney Institute. You've crunched the numbers, and you're going to educate us after the news. You betcha. Thank you very much.